Welcome to Alem Talks, where we strive to build community, nurture black leadership, and push for leadership excellence in Milwaukee and beyond. Through black leadership, Alem aims to make Milwaukee a global destination where African Americans live, thrive, and prosper. I'm your host, Walter Lanier, President and CEO of Alem, the African American Leadership Alliance of Milwaukee. Right, Alem family, this is Walter Lanier. I am here with the dynamic and hard-working Rick Banks. Rick, how you doing? I'm well, sir, and so? I'm doing well. I'm uh, glad to have you here with us. Appreciate you having me. And uh, we're going to talk about Milwaukee. We are going to talk about black leadership. But the first thing I want to talk with you about is how old are you, man? I'm 31 years old. Man, you have got a lot of leadership and experience in your Resume. I mean, I look, you the current senior program director, manager, manager for Milwaukee County Office of African-American Affairs. And I missed one as I was going through your LinkedIn profile. I missed economic development specialist with the city of Milwaukee. Right. Yep. Co-founder. Executive director, not executive director anymore, but once upon a time, yeah, yeah MKE yep. Black. Yep, so we'll talk about that. Organizer and then political director for Black Black Leaders Organizing Community. Yep, yeah, all right. Before that, former candidate for the state assembly district. Yes, sir. Which district? Uh, the sixteenth assembly. Oh, district. so we both have that in our history. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice. So I ran for the sixteenth back <laughs> oh, wow. in two thousand two. Wow. Yeah, very close. I lost by like one hundred and thirty-five. Oh, close to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Harambe Community Organizer with Riverworks. Yep. And then just at UWM, you were getting down. You know, I got put out of UWM when I, <laughs> when I started. Out. Oh, wow. Yeah, so when I started. you was really getting down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> So, yeah, I was just looking, man. You just have this extensive background. And you Let me get down to the UWM piece because you just is very impressive. Oh, Intercultural Assistant, Inclusive Excellence Center. That's you? Yeah. Black right. Student Union President. Yeah. Joint Project Specialist of the Career Resource Center and UWM LGBT. T Resource Center. I pause because it just says T in the thing. T Q would be now. Oh, I gotta add that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> QIA, right. Yeah, right. Black Student Union Treasurer, Student Association Speaker of the Senate, tired Deputy Speaker of the Senate. Man, you just man, did, you make man. it sound like I can't hold a job. <laughs> Nope, you're like the Jeffersons, man. You keep you keep moving on up. <laughs> so you have done a lot of stuff in your uh, 31 uh, yeah, years. Yeah, that's very impressive. What has drawn you to leadership? Clearly a lot of leadership, clearly a lot of uh, advocacy, speaking up for people, organizing. It's a lot of stuff that yeah. embedded in your busy decade yeah, and change. For sure. That's a good question. I think it just comes from my background and kind of how I grew up and where I grew up. So... I grew up all over the north side. We kind of moved a lot, but it's primarily, you know, everybody has their, it seems like everybody these days has their 53206 story, right? Okay, so go I ahead. got my 53206 yep. story. Uh-huh. Uh, was it 23rd and Hopkins, just off 23rd and Hopkins. And so growing up, like what I would consider solidly like lower middle class, mm-hmm. like my mom was a housekeeper. Like I was the kid who, had like a lot of Asian friends in, in high school and middle school. Uh, and I didn't really like fit in with a lot of like the black kids and stuff like that. So I'm like, and, and people would say it like, you know, there's always things about like how you talk and things like that. And so like I got called Oreo and stuff like that. Uh, so it took me okay. going through that and really processing that to really become like firm and like my black identity and then mm-hmm. realizing like, okay, there's so much greatness here. And then realizing like, oh, racism is why our community is messed up. And then realize, okay, we got to do stuff to fix that so 
That was a long answer to that. But, but yeah. it was a good answer, man. I mean, you, you drew on a lot of threads. You know, I'm looking at your shirt, your black excellence shirt. Oh, yeah. You know, and I it, just got this from Jeff today. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm about to hit Jeff up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2XL okay. is what I wear, uh, Jeff, when you listen. And, and it, was, it made me, if this is about you, it's not about me, but it made me think about when I hit my evolution. I was telling the truth with a smile, but I was rambunctious in college and did drop out for two years got back, got focused. And I remember when I started to do the deep dive into my blackness and black history and black excellence. And I, I had like quit. And I used to love fiction, but I got to this phase. I was reading all nonfiction, history, civil rights, legal, legal, et cetera, and just did like a deep dive and really grounded me as well and emerged as a leader. So that's cool. Do you have a time where you said to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm going to engage in an act of leadership? I would say really the presidency and the election of Barack Obama okay. really kind of spurred me. Um, before that, I wasn't really, I wasn't like a person who was active in too much stuff. Um, and then, so I was in my senior in high school around that time. And so watching that unfold and really being inspired by it. And then realizing that, okay, I really do want to get more into politics and stuff like that. So that's what really kind of spread. And then going through the coming of age, graduating high school, kind of at the midst and the cups of like the 2008 recession and stuff like that mm -hmm. made me want to study economics. And so putting the two together is kind of what really drives me now, like where I said my mission is for to pursue the political and economic development of black Milwaukee. Oh, that's good. Come on, you mean one of these? Fist bump, boom. <laughs> Because that's because, you know, Alum's mission is to make Milwaukee a global destination for African-Americans to live, thrive and prosper. So both of those are bold visions, given we are, given where the data is. So I think we might be kindred spirits a oh, little yeah. bit because we're looking at systems, believing we can do it, looking at community with its challenges, still believing it can be done. Man. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, I'm going to come to your current role, but tell me a little bit about Block. Yeah. So Block is a, it's a nonprofit, both a C3 and a C4 political organization that was founded in 2016, came together really about 2017, late 2017, early 2018 though. And so what we did was we went out and engaged residents knocking door to door and asking what is it like for the black community to thrive and getting that data, getting that response and then using that to inform and organize. And so getting people together, we held a, a people's assembly. Uh, and so the purpose of that was we wanted to create a, an agenda. Mm. Uh, like people are always asking, where's the black agenda? So we're like, we created, we didn't call it the black agenda, but we called it the block agenda. And so with a plethora around 10 points, um, 10 policy points that includes a bunch of policies from supporting education, mental health, um, decreasing prison populations, all good stuff like that. And then using that as a litmus test against uh, elected officials and candidates who are running for office. And so for a lot of the elections, Block does endorsements. And so those endorsements are based on the agenda, which is based on all the words that we heard from people on the doors, the thousands of people that we talked to. And Block goes out. And if you, know, if you align with the agenda, mm -hmm. then Block will knock for you. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And it got uh does great work as far as I know. Got local, regional, national mm -hmm. uh presence and profile uh, mm -hmm. still going strong. Like? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's a one particular um program that I think has been really impactful, the silent canvas, where candidates come and they'll go out and knock with an organizer, but they're not allowed to speak. So they're only allowed to listen to what the people on the doors are saying. And it's a different experience for folks, especially for candidates who this will be their first time knocking doors in the hood, basically, and knocking a black person's door and then hearing their perspective. And so I've seen it myself and I've heard from other candidates where it's just like, 
it's just a deeply moving experience. It's powerful. And yeah. also just to be quiet because, you know, elected yeah, officials. Like, right, right. <laughs> and public systems, you know, sometimes are uh, fearful of responding to community or or to the public or respond with mm-hmm. like some pat answers. So that had to be interesting. Yeah. Watching people just know, be quiet, yeah. man. You yeah. can't talk. You got to. And it's, this it's harder when it's like the people know who you are and yeah. you're like, Oh my God, you are. And they're just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the worst people who didn't follow the rules. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe that too. That's the good discipline. So yeah, I've always been impressed with them and I have to get my hands on that 10 point plan. Uh, also, uh, one of the things that we had, we did, um, in 2020, is and did a uh, African American Index of Well-Being, mm-hmm. thirty data points. Mark Levine from UWM Center for Economic Development. We know, I'm sure you can guess where we ended up. It was a 50 metropolitan cities. We ended up on the bottom, of course, and so that's not good. But no place to go but up. Mm-hmm. But the also the other good thing about that is those thirty data points represent an opportunity to disaggregate and to say who has the like an engineer and a problem solver who has the capacity to influence these data points and then start to develop platform or develop uh, right. accountability tools. And that's one of the things we want to do. Yeah. So tell me about Definitely. the current gig, man. So currently I'm about started in late July of last year. I'm the senior program manager of African-American affairs uh, with the Milwaukee County Office of Equity. And so the Office of Equity is a rebranding of what was the Office of African-American affairs. And that occurred for several reasons. One, because there is a city office of African-American affairs um, and we didn't want there to be like confusion and things like that, but also because. Both the work that the office was doing and kind of where a lot of the opportunities for support and funding are is was really about building equity around the county. And uh, and if you can achieve really equity for African-Americans, and that's why there's still a focus through my role, you can you really will help to achieve equity throughout the county, through all, all ethnic groups and things like that. And so we are planning and we're launching an initiative that will focus on five key focus areas around the black community and kind of what we can do in our capacity to build that support the building of infrastructure for the delivering of services and results that we want to see. And so those five areas are one capacity building and leadership development. And so that's supporting organizations like yours um, and other nonprofits, specifically black led and black serving nonprofits and building their capacity to uh, have to deliver more services and to have more positive results into the community. And so the way we're doing that is partnering with organizations like yours and hoping to have this uh, network of black executive directors, right, that we can support and build and leverage from there and continue to support them. Yes. And so the second one is uh, black political development and Mm -hmm. black policy and advocacy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's around, you know, making sure that black people are organized and engaged in the political process and being heard. And so the way we're doing that is kind of support the black advocacy that, that's coming up. We're inviting people to go to the state capitol um, and speak with their elected officials, but also learn more about what's happening um, and how government kind of works firsthand. Moving forward, we're going to continue to support those kind of efforts by having advocacy days also local um, at the county and the city by bringing more and more groups together, hopefully, so that yes. we can. We know that there's like a million black agendas, more or less, for the city mm-hmm. of Milwaukee. And I don't know if there are like our legislators who are the main ones charged with implementing that if they're in agreement on pushing a certain agenda. And so what we want to do is at the very least have our elected officials in agreement on, Hey, this is an agenda that we can support and that we're going to push. So that's developing our political advocacy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, third is economic development. And so making sure that 
from the county that we're doing the best that we can to make sure that we're getting as many black owned and other minority owned businesses as vendors for county dollars and county contracts and making sure that we're supporting. So one of the things that we're doing is a training called the Community Wealth Building Training. Okay. Uh, and that's going to be around, it's actually been done before by LISC. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we want to bring it back. And it's about supporting and educating folks on alternative models of economic development that result in more equity. Uh, so that's things like community land trusts, cooperative housing, worker-owned cooperatives, and alternative methods that encourage more community ownership mm-hmm. and can act as forces of anti-gentrification and things like that. Well, that's good. All of this is good. I'm getting excited. I oh, appreciate it. Oh. <laughs> And you're only on three. I know, right? I'm on three. So fourth is uh, arts and culture, black arts and culture. Okay, yeah. So that's making sure that black culture and representation is documented throughout the county. And so that's making sure that we're supporting our cultural institutions and traditions like Black History Month, Juneteenth, Kwanzaa, the Black Historical Society, African-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, black Holocaust America's Museum. Black I knew Holocaust where you were going. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Institutions like that. Make sure those are supported and have the resources that they need to continue to be resources that people in the community can continue to use, but also making sure that things are kind of embedded throughout the county and its operations. So working with like the parks department to increase um, recognition of famous uh, or not famous, but, you know, historical landmarks and things like that. So things like that, we can do to increase the recognition of the culture in the county and increase that cultural pride. And then lastly is uh, African-American or black health and wellness. And so that's Supporting initiatives that are currently happening, um, like one of the things that came about as the pandemic was the We Care Crew, um, which is a group of folks who came together to really get information out about the, um, what COVID-19 was and the, uh, the vaccine and things yes. like that. So supporting initiatives that will improve uh, specifically black health. That piece, I'm still trying to I'm putting the final knots on what exactly that looks like. So really trying to connect with partners to really see where the county can best fit in. Like DHSS and uh, other folks like that. Yeah. Also, in that last one, uh, the FQHCs, uh, all of them, I'm going to lift my hand up in particular for MLK Heritage Center, Milwaukee yes. Health Services. I chair Dr. Izzard's board. And so those are organizations that touch the ground mm-hmm. in an excellent way. We've done work with uh, Sister Erica Sinclair, Health Connections, Inc., yes. who I think I met through Jeff. Or, mm-hmm. uh, and we do some really great work on the ground. So all of that stuff. I could name some more names, but more importantly, as many and as swiftly as we can, many ways and as swiftly as we can connect and partner, let's do that. Because that's kind of my thing. I I think, uh, I know actually we have so many assets and resources, but because our city is so fragmented and siloed cross-culturally, not just the black community, Mm -hmm. white community too, the information is siloed. So we're not on the same page and playing with all our team together the way we could. Mm -hmm. But as we pull them together, we'll be dynamic. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, tell me a little bit about MKE Black, because that kind of informs your work. Because yeah. in doing that, you had a broader knowledge base about what's going on in the city. Yeah. So MKE Black really started for me when I was in college. Like I said, I was studying political science and economics, already thinking about how can I bring this back to my community? Right. And so started thinking about, like, where's the money going? Where's the money and where is it going? How does this flow? And so started thinking about black owned businesses and like, okay, a lot of my thinking around like the economics and things like that, I often try to put it in the place of like, uh, if we were our own country, I played a lot of like city building and like nation building games as a kid. And so I'm always thinking about like us as like, if I'm playing a nation building game, what, what is the infrastructure and stuff that we need? And so I was like, where are these businesses? 
there was no way to know. And so at the time, there were some folks who were uh, putting together a website, which is good. I was like, I reached out to them like, yo, y'all should do a mobile app. And they were like, yo, we're doing a website and we don't got money for that right now. So, <laughs> And I was like, all right, cool. So unfortunately, the website didn't survive. And so after a while, I had put the idea for the mobile app on the shelf, came back to it. Like I never actually came back to it. It was brought back to me when my friend Paul texted me one night and was like, yo, I have this idea called MKE Black. It'd be a, a database, Black-owned businesses on a website because he was looking to get to find ways to support Black-owned businesses sorry um so he texted me and i was like yo i had the same idea only as a mobile app uh so we put the ideas together and came up with um mke black i mean honestly he came up with the name and he and he found the platform to actually build it out because we were stuck in the same situation as i was 10 years ago which was didn't have the time or the money to learn how to code <laughs> right. didn't have the the money to pay somebody else to code. So that's why I got put on the shelf. And so, but times change and now there's yeah. drag and click things or you can make apps using that. And so we made MK so Black. Talk, tell me a little bit about the numbers in terms of MK Black subscribers or downloads. Yeah. Or so what? Uh, we recently hit 10,000 downloads and there are currently 800 active businesses. We started off with like, 200 or like maybe less than that. And so it's grown a lot. People are, we get new business signups almost every day. User rate, I don't know it off the top of my head. So interesting. the interesting thing about MKA Black is like it started as a mobile app. That's like the heart and core of it, right? Mm -hmm. But it's grown into like this nonprofit build that does all these other things to support business development um, and cust finding customers, supporting the local black business economy. So that so much that I'm like, I'm the board chair now mm -hmm. and I'm not as connected with the, the day to day number stuff. So I don't got the. Well, that's that that's right good. <laughs> that, that's that is a good sign. That means that you are building up your sustainability yeah. by passing the responsibility. And you know, what I realize I'm like a serial entrepreneur. Like I think my thing is like I like to yep. I have these ideas. Let's start it. I don't want to do it. You don't want to manage forever, it. though. Like that's uh, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Like that's another with kindred spirits in mm -hmm. where I like to blaze a new trail, uh -huh. get something started, set up the in temporary infrastructure, mm -hmm. get it moving, get it going, and then somebody who likes to manage day to day, you yeah. know, do that. So that's that's cool. That's very exciting. And how how do people respond to MKE? But it's been amazing. It's been really amazing. And honestly, like I was not expecting such a positive response from white people as we got. Okay. Like I was uh, thoroughly surprised when we first started. Like our biggest and like most emphatic and like those visible supporter were like white folks. I was like. Oh, this is cool. Like, okay, yeah. we got some solidarity going on here. Yeah, I love that, it. yeah that's deep. I, you know, I, I have a... Because, uh... <laughs> you know, for me, I built it as a... We wanted it to yeah. be a cultural solidarity <laughs> thing. It's like, but no, like, it's cool. Uh -huh. you know, like... <laughs> Go with your community. Right. No, right. Yeah, that, that's a good... I mean, you know, that is a, a deep statement that would resonate deeply. You know, it, it, if in a segregated city where races are separated, People lose out. Mm -hmm. So that it's the right thing to do. It's appropriate. It's just. But it's also people miss out mm -hmm. on the information exchange, cultural exchange, relationship exchange. We are not as good as we couldn't be when we're separated mm -hmm. like that. I've had so many people come up and say, I've went to, you know, I'm blanking on specific restaurants, but you know, any random restaurant on the north side that yeah. they otherwise wouldn't go to right. because they saw it on MK Black. And I'm just like, that's the. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. That's cool. That's encouraging. And, and it confirms my little theory about just the dynamics of exposure to information, mm -hmm. and disseminating information. And I remember, was it pre-pandemic? There's some point in time where I started to feel, in spite of the abysmal data, because the data is real, you know, we 
worst in a whole bunch of sectors, and we have to move those. But at the same time, I sensed and still sense that we're almost in the midst of like a, a renaissance. Absolutely, right? yeah. Because it, it's so every black thing going on. Mm-hmm. I always say like Milwaukee is like full of so much opportunity and just like the way geopolitics of just the world right now, right? Like I always say like California is going to be either on fire or underwater at some point. Florida is going to be underwater or something at some point. The way climate change is working, people right. are going to move our way. So I think that, you know, as Mayor Chevy says, like, I think we'll naturally be a demographic change, get to a million people. And I think that black people and specifically in Milwaukee, like this renaissance we're having is positioning us well to be able to fully take advantage of that, I think. So what what two or three things, uh, or more or less, do you think are critical for the future success of of black Milwaukee from a from, you know, what are two or three key levers? Yep. Home ownership for one. Okay. I think home ownership being a source of well, I wanna expand that actually. I think I wanna say home ownership and just housing stability in general. Because one, you know, home ownership is a goal that a lot of people aspire to and they think it's a worthy goal because it, it's a leveraging point for generational wealth building. And so we can get everybody to that point. We also have to take care of all the people who are renters because like in the neighborhood I live in, 70% of the people are renters. And so I want to make sure that we're in some way developing some policies that are ensuring that folks are housing secure and that they're living the high quality homes and yeah. things like that. And I think when we do that and if we can build a system where domestic violence victims don't have to worry about the burden of not having to find housing to get away from their mm-hmm. you know abusers and things like that we can start to lay a lot of these other societal issues so i think a lot of it comes down from housing stability two is the the business and economic development so making sure that people have the income right that um because i think a lot of our other problems just come from always a lack of resources either individually family-wise or as a community and then the other part would honestly be like organizing and cooperation Mm -hmm. Uh, and so getting just on the same page it doesn't have to be one same page we can have multiple same pages but the more we're working together i think the stronger we will be and the more we'll be able to leverage um, mm-hmm. our resources because we don't have a lot like so the more we like we gotta put the little we have so we can leverage that and if we got we already have like I'm trying to think of a metaphor and i'm thinking like if you got a little pile on the floor like mm-hmm. you know if you put it that's failing but we gotta leverage what we got because we ain't got pieces enough. of a puzzle man that's, <laughs> that's something a, like that pieces yeah. that you put it all together it makes a beautiful exactly picture. that's what yeah I'm there you go <laughs> <laughs> help me out <laughs> i got you but but, but it's true not to be the dead that analogy, but that's another consequence of this segregation, fragmentation, silo. And those are slightly different things. Some of that is a function of a, a good chunk of it is a function of race. Mm-hmm. You know, so that fundamental enforced segregation. And then some of it is the culture of the, the Milwaukee culture mm-hmm. is, a, is a siloed, uh, sometimes rigid community so even in white culture or corporate culture they're not cutting across silos and mm-hmm. sharing so all those little puzzle pieces are out there for some collective to organize and pull together absolutely and i think you hit on a great point of like underneath every single one of those is you know some layer of racism mm-hmm. and, the, and the legacy of racism <clears throat> so yeah overcoming that is going to be part of all of who what about uh black leadership any last Thoughts about improving, strengthening, growing, producing, developing, protecting. I put out there black leadership in Milwaukee. Ooh, that's a very good question. Yeah. I was thinking recently about like, um, let's just like leadership in general, right? And like how you often will have 
leadership kind of defined as like one person, right? And so I think that we in general have to do a better job of like, not just like succession planning to where you have your one successor, mm -hmm. but like I think we each need to have like three or four people that are behind us. And like that needs to just like really be ingrained to where like the metaphor of Hydra comes to mind. Like, okay. cause I think about like MLK, there's all oh, yeah. times and like movements and things like that. They aim to kill the leader and think they'll kill the movement. And I'm like, we have to be resistant to that to where behind me is three other people who are just equally as qualified. Right. Um, and behind them are three other people who are right. equally as qualified. And I think that it's just something that about that's leadership that's I, been I like on my that. mind lately. I actually, I just did a, uh, you know, a pastor also, I just did a sermon two Wednesdays ago. The title of the sermon was Who's Got Next? Mm -hmm. And it was on that very thing. Who's got next? That's from the basketball court. You know, who's got next? Mm -hmm. And do we know who's got next? And it was based on Dr. King. Dr. King said, I've been to the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. I've looked over. I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, of course. And then he was assassinated the mm -hmm. next day. And that strand draws actually from Moses because Moses had the same scenario. He said, I've brought us out of Egypt. So we're liberated to a certain extent. There's the promised land over there, but I'm not going to get there mm -hmm. with you. But then Moses was able to do what Dr. King couldn't do and say the next generation because they had raised up somebody different. So mm -hmm. they knew Joshua and the Joshua generation. So he had raised up. He'd walk with them, talk with them, learned. The community had laid hands on them. So they knew who would take them to the next place. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought about for us. Who's, you know, who's got who's next. next yeah. And it's good to look back, like you said, and see some folks, you know, a couple generations deep mm -hmm. of who's got next so we can raise them up. Yeah. And I had to reflect on that personally because I'm like, wait, where, where am I three at? I got to start oh, lining good. some things up, right? <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's great. Well, I think we are just about out of time. It's been awesome. It is great to have you here with me. As soon as we get off, I'm probably going to talk with you about a whole bunch of stuff. All right, cool. I appreciate you Because me. we are so well aligned. I'm excited for the work of the Office of Equity uh, at the county and your role in uh, African-American affairs and however we, ALEM, can connect and collaborate and coordinate yeah. and conspire. We are in it to win it. Sounds good. All right. All right, family. This is uh, ALEM and Walter Lanier with the Dynamic Rig Banks signing off. Peace. Thank you for listening to Alum Talks, where we build community through black leadership excellence. Visit our website and sign up for our newsletter to stay current with events, new podcast episodes, and our latest research on black leadership excellence in Milwaukee. The link is in the show notes. Hashtag MKE 2025.